welcome to Therapist Spotlight. Hello everybody, welcome to Angus Therapist Spotlight, the podcast where we aim to showcase our wonderful members of the wider community. I'm your host Joshua Brooks and tonight with us we have Tanya Gilbert. Tanya is a clinical nutritionist and so this is going to be a fantastic conversation. Tanya, how are you tonight? I'm good, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our absolute pleasure. So, question number one, how did you get into natural health? Um, okay, so this is an interesting one. I had my father pass away when I was 16. So he died all of a sudden from um, a heart attack. He was quite healthy, I would say, you know, went through his runs and, it, you know, it was quite lean, I guess. So it was a bit of a shock that he passed. And then after he passed, I kind of really wanted to understand the body and, you know, why did this happen? How could it have been prevented? Is this something that I'm going to be exposed to? Um, and, yeah, that was kind of what kick-started my journey into nutritional medicine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then I guess a few years later, unfortunately, my sister was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder, um, oh. yeah, called retinitis pigmentosa, which mm-hmm. basically is the degradation of the retina. Yeah. So that kind of put me into another space where I just really needed to fully understand how the human body works and how, you know, it's different from one person to the other. And that just kick-started my, I guess, interest in genes and things like that. Yeah, wonderful. And so what made you want to go into nutrition then instead of, say, naturopathy or something else? What, what was it about nutrition that really grabbed you and still grabs you? Um. You know what? I I've never thought of that before. I just I just had it in my head that it was nutrition and it was food, and I yeah. still think actually food needs to be the number one priority. Um, you know, we eat all the time every day, and that action is going to be either taking you to an area of health or an area of disease. So mm. I think nutrition is just number one. Even in naturopathy, nutrition still needs to be number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I can attest to that. Like I was one of those one of those young men that thought they could out-train a bad diet. And yeah, I've gotten older, you can't. <laughs> no, it is a lot harder too. Yeah. yeah. So how does your clinic run? So say if I came to you as an initial client, what's the sort of the process like? What do you like to do? How do you like to in- start up the interview and the consultation? How does that process run for you guys? Yeah, so basically I'll have someone contact me. Um, we usually have a 15-minute conversation prior to just to see if the, this is actually something I can help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, once we both agree that that's a yes, they get booked in and they get given a, again, it's called an initial intake form. Mm-hmm. So a series of questions just so I can go over that before I meet with them. Mm-hmm. Um And then once we're in the consultation, I kind of go through different organ systems that I think relate to the state of their health and just to draw as much information as I can from how they eat, how they sleep, um, their family history, Mm. how they perceive health and how they perceive food. And then I go on to treatment strategies, which we both agree on in the end to make sure, you know, it fits into their lifestyle and they're happy with what I've got for them. 
Yeah, wonderful. And so with that then, what kind of treatment strategies do you like? Are you a big supplement person? Like, do you like your nutraceuticals or do you try and teach them how to cook and how to set up a plate? What, what's your way of, of giving people this nutritional medicine? Um, I think it depends on where they are in their health journey. Mm -hmm. So if I've got someone who is, say, they've got huge sugar cravings, you know, they've got bloating, abdominal discomfort, diarrhea, I really do believe they need to have that supplementation to support that organ system first. So, you know, those nutrients that you're not really going to get in a huge amount from food alongside a proper eating plan. Um, but then if you've got other people, it depends where they're at, you've got other people and they might not need all that support from the supplementation. I think supplementation is a huge, like, it's a huge benefit, but it doesn't mean that everyone needs to be on it. Yeah. So I guess sure. it just depends. Yeah. And so I see from your website as well, you do do quite a lot of, um, I'm going to stuff this up, nutrigenomics. Nutrigenomics, um, <laughs> yeah. Nutrigenomics, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so when do you like to do a lot of those functional testings to work in with that? Is that sort of like first or second consultation or are you kind of just like, well, we'll try and fix your diet first and then further down the track? How does that look for you in your practice when you're going with people? Um, the people that come to me for nutrigenomics are usually people that are quite, I guess, health conscious. Mm -hmm. So um, nutrigenomics is basically how food talks to your genes. That's how a lot of people kind of explain it. It's quite complex, but mm -hmm. everyone's got their like little, their DNA blueprint and some um, pathways might work faster or slower than others. And this is all individualistic. So mm -hmm. it's, I find a lot of people who want to have that kind of functional testing, they've already done, you know, a great diet, they've got a healthy BMI, they understand the issues that they have with food and health, and then they go into the nutrigenomics to get to kind of an optimal level of health. But I wouldn't impose a nutrigenomics kind of testing on someone who's really struggling to, you know, figure out how much fiber they need in their diet or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So, yeah. So where would you start with, with functional testing then? Do you sort of prefer for people to have blood work done before they come and see you or is it you know like yeah is that a big thing for you and your practice about how to prescribe how, how does that sort of work in like sort of I guess levels for people if they're wondering yeah so I do encourage people to have blood tests done prior mm -hmm. to coming to see me and in the first consultation I provide them with one meal plan Mm -hmm. um, and something I call a micronutrient analysis. So from the blood test that they've given me, I break everything down that I believe isn't in, you know, a proper range because I know our ranges are different to general practice practitioners. Mm -hmm. um, and then I give them an understanding of why, you know, it's high or low and what risk that, like having that, you know, having, say, too much sugar in the blood, what is that exposing you to? Because I find like a lot of GPs, they don't ex they don't go through people's bloods. They just go, yep, you're in range, tick, tick, tick. You're mm -hmm. fine. There's not really much else to chat about. But, yeah, I definitely, I love blood tests. I love doing functional testing. I just feel like it shows the patient what I'm looking at and it's their body and then we can go through it together and it just creates more of a relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's such a key thing is that when you go to your GP, sometimes you 
get reduced to numbers on a page. And as long as you're within these numbers on a page, you're fully functioning. And you don't necessarily go to the GP if you're fully functioning. So even though you're full, you're between those numbers on a page, you know, without having that conversation and that education, you know, you don't, you're not really getting anywhere, are you? Exactly right. And, you know, um, like I find it horrible that doctors still say to people, no, everything's fine. Mm. It's not fine because they're unwell, you know, mm -hmm. they're tired or, you know, they're not going to the bathroom or they're going to the bathroom too much. There's clearly something missing mm -hmm. and you can find clues in blood tests. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I really encourage my patients to do that. Yeah. And I guess given a little bit of the history of how you got into this medicine, does that affect who and what conditions that you really like to treat? Or is it just sort of like the overall landscape there? Yeah, like, do you have a specialist, a speciality that you really like? Is there a certain client that you're sort of wanting to come through your clinic at all? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I, it goes, okay, you know what? It'll be, I'd really love someone who is, really health conscious and they come to me and they're like, you know, I exercise, this is what I ate, mm. you know, everything's in range. Can we have a look at my genes yep. and see what I'm predisposed to? Mm -hmm. That would be, you know, fantastic to look at. But I also do love educating people that, you know, are really sick and they're suffering with weight gain and fatigue and, you know, menstrual problems mm -hmm. because, yeah the education there is the first step and then seeing them grow and become healthier is also really really lovely to see and to have the feedback you know from that is is great as well so i guess both sides i'm not sure yeah yeah no definitely which yeah. is wonderful i mean we've yeah i guess we always as practitioners we have those clients that we would love to get but yeah, yeah and we've got so much to give to the rest of the population as well so spreading out yeah. our knowledge is such a wonderful gift i find sometimes <laughs> yeah and it's nice to hear back from patients you know um i remember my teachers were like if you don't hear from them it's usually a good thing because they're healthier yeah. and they're feeling better but when you sure. get the emails that are like oh my skin is so clear and i'm finally using the bathroom and this and that it's just yeah it's really nice yeah definitely so how does so how does that look? So say for example, if I came to you and I've got a sort of a standard diet where I'm just eating McDonald's or I'm eating you know heaps and heaps of pasta, I'm not really looking at what my macronutrient levels are. How do you approach that? Are you big on the meal plan? Like we'll have this for breakfast, this for lunch, or do you much prefer to teach them how to stack a plate? How does that sort of work for you? And how do you like to impart that knowledge and that wisdom to your clients? Yeah, great question. So um, people love getting a meal plan. Mm -hmm. um, what I like to do to make sure, I guess, the meal plan works, because first of all, you need your mindset. You need, the meal plan isn't going to help you. It's the mindset. But I try and educate my patients on um, I'll do their caloric intake for the day, so I'll work that out for them alongside percentages of fats, yeah, fats protein, and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um I'll then put a meal together with the foods that they enjoy eating and the medicinal foods. I feel that should be incorporated. Mm -hmm. But then what I do is if I tell them to eat something like 125 grams of um, brown rice, that's in their meal pan, I'll make sure that they've got 
a shopping list of different kinds of grains that they can eat so they can swap it out. I'd like them to stick to a certain amount, say if their goal is to, you know, control their weight, you know, stick to the 125 grams of grains. doesn't necessarily have to be brown rice. It can be quinoa. It can be, you know, buckwheat. It can be other things. And I do that. I show them how to understand that with all those macronutrients, so um, protein included. Because I feel like, I feel like when you're trying to change your diet, you do need to take your macronutrients um, or understanding your macronutrient profiles in order to become healthy. Because you do need protein, you know. And if you're not having a lot of protein, I find with women they're not having a lot of protein. They've got terrible, you know, their hair breaks, doesn't grow properly. Um, their skin usually isn't very good. So, yeah, all those macronutrient levels come, yeah, come in. Well, that. on that, I would be very interested to know, how do you navigate the space at the moment with the dietary sort of fanaticism that seems to be out there a little bit? It's um, And especially if you're seeing health-conscious people, they seem to have a quite a fanatical adherence to a certain dietary philosophy sometimes. Yeah. Um, how do you navigate that in terms of your practice? Um, I usually get people to explain to me what they mean. So I get a lot of clients that will say to me, oh, I'm quite healthy. You know, I'm, I'm quite healthy. I've been eating like this. And then I'll usually respond to, okay, what does healthy mean to you? Mm -hmm. um, and they'll tell me what it means to them. And I'll, and I'll, you know, then say, looking at their diet. So how would you incorporate, you know, the the fried food that you're eating to, you know, your definition of healthy? And it's usually that kind of conversation for them to open up and be like, yeah, you know what, maybe, maybe that's not how it should be going. Or, mm -hmm. and it's also things like. Um, some people are really are really wary of like say fats like so avocado for example and they'll be like no i've had avocado for breakfast i can't have avocado for lunch it'll be too much fat yeah um and i try and let people know that your weight gainers aren't your veggies or your fruits like your weight gainers are your croissants and your you know your, your donuts and your cookies like yeah it's it's interesting like i guess it's just it's interesting you kind of have to be kind of have to drop yourself down to where they are in their health journey mm -hmm. and then you know gently educate that to then get them to understand going about it a different way that mm -hmm. might be better for them yeah and ha then how do you find it with sort of i guess the opposite end where you've got like say a hardcore vegan right and they won't have any meat or you have a hardcore carnivore who's sort of anti-grains or anything like that. How, how do you approach that conversation? Because that can be kind of a bit interesting in this day and age sometimes. Yeah, it is. I find I find people with those eating methods, um, you know, really like there's no other way you can possibly eat besides, you know, being vegan or, mm -hmm. you know, having that kind of, Okay, dietary focus. I don't know. I guess I would want to look at their bloods. That's mm -hmm. probably something that I would do um, yep. and just to see the imbalances there and then we can go through where are you going to get, you know, for those carnivores, where are you getting your vitamin C? Mm -hmm. Like it clearly shows, you know, you're mm -hmm. lacking antioxidants, blah, blah, blah. Yep. I guess I would kind of go from it mm -hmm. that way just so there's like, yeah, 
there's evidence that things aren't going right mm-hmm. if they're not going right. And do you find the genomic testing helps you with that as well? So say, for example, you can say, well, you're eating a full plant-based diet, but your genes telling you that you need a little bit more of animal protein or you need a little bit more this, and that may be why you're not so optimal in your complaint. Like, do you find that that's a little bit better evidence to convince people? Yes, I do. Actually, I find it a huge amount of evidence because there are people that thrive on vegan diets Mm. and there are people that thrive on different kinds of diets, but we people hopefully are slowly understanding that there's no one size fits all. And you can see that clearly through your genes. You know, um, there are people that can't, they just struggle to absorb vitamin D and struggle to absorb B12. And if you don't know that, um, you're not, your body's already struggling and then you're not feeding it things that help those pathways. It's not gonna, it's not gonna work in your favor. And so do you do much um, nutritional consultations for athletes or for high-performing people or people who want like sort of more specific goals? Is that where you also bring in that genetic testing a little bit more to try and optimize their nutrition for their sort of high-profile or high-performance or even, you know, CEOs um, for their high-performance sort of activity that they're looking at? Um, yes, I do have a few clients who I guess are CEOs Mm -hmm. and they have acknowledged that they need to be healthy in order to, um, you know, get the results that they need. So that's where genetic testing has come in handy for sure, because then we can put a treatment plan together where um, I guess we can find pathways which need that extra support. And then we Mm -hmm. can put together whether it's supplementation that they need that they take every day in order to be the best that they can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. And I see also from your website that you've got, is it a partnership with a gym and a, and a beauty sort of salon or? Um, yeah. yeah. What, what, so what's that like for you? And because I guess exercise is such a big thing for our healthcare and our healthcare landscape. Yeah. What, what's what's that sort of all about? How's that working? Yeah. So yeah, fitness is um, needed. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Balmain Fitness is a great gym that provides um, you know, a really clean environment. He's got um, really up-to-date equipment. He's got really professional personal trainers. And I guess that interaction with us is that, you know, people that go to the gym usually want to know how to eat properly, which mm-hmm. would be me, and people that eat properly usually, um, especially if they have an exercise, it's nice to be referred on to someone. Like, I guess I'd be just like a friend referring, oh, I have this personal trainer, maybe go to them. And it just creates less of that awkwardness if they're not, if they've never really exercised before, for example. So yeah, sure. that's been great. And then I've got Lady Lux Beauty. Um, mm. She is fabulous. She's got this organic skincare, um, which I really love. I've been using it for a number of years. She's, she's kind of like a holistic um, beauty therapist and she's, she knows about zinc and you know different nutrients that help the skin and she projects that through her work um yeah yeah and i think as well with like like looking after your skin is so important as well as looking after what goes on inside yeah 100 percent. i completely agree with you in that one yeah um a lot of my friends are a little bit funny at my beauty care routines in the morning (laughs) Oh, no, I'm so glad you have a beauty care routine. 
Oh yeah, I dry brush and I you know essential oil and take care of yeah they, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you will not age if you keep doing that. Yeah. Oh wow. I like that thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we incorporate so um, Jess, the owner of Lady Lux Beauty, and myself, we incorporate the whole you know internal health and topical health together to I guess slow down the aging process, mm -hmm. which is um, another great pathway Nutrigenomics opens up to people because. Aging, you know, mm. is shown through your skin. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And it's really interesting with that as well because, like, uh, the whole biohacking sort of environment and space, they talk a lot about that, um, which, again, trying to optimise your biology and trying to get the most out of yourself. So it's always very fascinating to me. Yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah. it's nice to know what your body does, you know, instead of the Instagram influencer's body. Yeah. It's nice to know what you're doing yeah definitely well thank you so much for being on tanya we've really really enjoyed having you for anybody out there where can they find you where's your clinic address and where's the best place to contact you yeah for sure so you can book an appointment at holistic health and wellbeing clinic.com.au um you can find me on instagram hhw underscore clinic um you can send me an email on the hhw.clinic at gmail.com or give me a buzz on their numbers that's on my website and we can book in an appointment. Perfect. And um, are you normally face-to-face? -face? I know that with the restrictions at the moment it's a bit weird, but are you normally face-to-face -face or do you do a lot of telehealth? How does that work for people? Is it sort of across the across the planet? Yeah, where's... So I usually do telehealth. I find that mm -hmm. a lot of clients would prefer that. Um, yep. But I do, I do do a mobile consultation. So I'll come to their home, into their space and do the consultation there. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, anybody out there? Um, and you're located around Sydney, aren't you, for that mobile one? or? Somewhere? Yeah, so located in Ultimo. Yeah, cool. So for anybody out yeah. there um, around Sydney that needs uh, would like a face-to-face, -face, um, look Tanya up. But if you're online and thinking that this might be something great for you, please send her an email. But we'd just like to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wonderful self with us. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. <laughs> And for everyone else out there, have a great evening and we'll catch you all next time. See ya. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Therapist Spotlight. If you would like to know more about ANTA, visit us at www.anta.com.au.